Hello and welcome to the Offline Gamer Podcast, episode 5. I'm Matt and sitting next to me is a very sniffly, very coffee Ray. Hello Ray. Hello. I'm a bit husky as well. <laughs> I'm sure all of our listeners will love a husky Ray. Yeah, it's my cabaret voice. So, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's 2016. Yay! Lots more games to be played this year. Yeah, hopefully so. Um, also had my birthday. It's now been quite a while. Yeah. Uh, uh, a week and a half-ish, two weeks. We had fun on your birthday as well. We went to a nice uh, escape room, didn't we? Yes, we did. Escape room game in Birmingham. Which uh, I think we're going to talk about later, actually. Okay. In that case, then, shall we... Uh... Actually, there's something, uh, something, something's happened. We've yeah. got a website. Yay. So everyone go and have a look. www.offlinegamer.co.uk. Uh, it's got our um, latest tweets and Instagram pictures and uh, uh, a podcast feed on there. So yep. you can have a look. And uh, and uh, we've started posting. And we posted our first news thing as well, which is yep. like a sort of retrospective on the UK Games Expo, because obviously we didn't have a website when we went to the UK Games Expo. No. Nope. We don't have a podcast where we want to. No, that's true. UK Games Expo. So that's been a brief catch-up. Let's now talk about what we've been playing and purchased since the last episode. So, uh, do you want me to go first? Go for it. I didn't really buy very much in the Steam sale, despite the fact that it was massive and long. I only bought one thing, which was Guild of Dungeoneering which is kind of card game, but electric, you, you know what I mean? Like an, a computer game, but the design of it is that you, you draw cards and so on. Um, so you're trying to build a guild of dungeon explorers, mm-hmm. and you sort of build up your guild. So if you if you manage to loot 50 gold, you can build... Um, a library and you get like the level one of the sort of magey type people so then you get a apprentice and if you build a practice field then you get a like a barbarian smashy person it's not what it's called i can't remember what it is <laughs> and then when you go in to, you go exploring you get you get dealt like a hand uh, and you've got to build the dungeon before you place enemies place loot and then when you go into battles with the enemies, you then get a hand from your battle deck and then you fight with the cards from your battle deck based on what person you are, what loot you've managed to find so far, what you're wearing and so on. Um, it's really quite fun. I have I did a couple of streams with it and I've just sort of sat there just pottering around on it. I've got stuck on one particular boss already, which is very annoying. Um, but I have actually played it a fair bit. Um, so that was, I think it was just about five and a half quid in the Steam sale. I don't think it's too much normally. Anyway, um, it came out in 2015, um, in summer, I think. And it's quite fun. It's quite cute. The the art style is very much like crayons and scribbly, like children. Yeah. Sort of art, but it is quite cute. I didn't buy myself anything else, but at Christmas, my brother bought me Fallout 4. So I've played some of that, although I haven't 
haven't gone full, you know, time sync yet because I didn't want to waste the rest of the holiday <laughs> yeah. uh, just by sitting indoors, which I did anyway because the weather was utterly awful. But that's that's not the point. Fallout 4, I'm enjoying so far. My computer has managed to, all by itself, decided it wants to play it on ultra quality, which I'm perfectly fine with. I can see why it it's a time sink, because I've only got to like level 7 or maybe level 8, but I've done like barely any quests. I've mostly just been wandering around building chairs and beds and turrets and running away from bears but I will be playing that a bit more. I also got for my birthday, also for my brother, Wolfenstein the Old Blood. Part of the the Steam holiday sale was you went through your queue and you got cards, trading cards to make badges. So I'd been going through my queue on the morning of my birthday and I'd gone, oh, Wolfenstein the Old Blood, I'll stick that in my wish list. And then two hours later, my brother went, oh, I'll I'll go and look at Ray's... Wish list, see yeah. what she wants for a birthday, and bought that. And I was like, I only just put that on there a couple of hours ago. And he was like, Oh, spooky. Um, I haven't had a chance to play it yet. Um, I've installed it. It looks quite fun. It was actually the thing that surprised me was in terms of installing and downloading it. It was bigger than Fallout Four in terms of the file size. So it was like Fallout Four was about I don't know twenty gig, and then Wolfenstein: The Old Blood was about thirty-four gig. Mm. I was like, wow. And it took ages because I think the uh, local ISP were suffering for the fact that everybody was at home all day, every day over the holidays. Um, But apart from that, I've been playing um, some quite a lot of Binding of Isaac Afterbirth, which I think I mentioned last time. Um, But that was also a 2015 game that came out at, um, I was going to say Easter, but that's not the... That's not the the one in the scary day of 1st of October. That's Halloween. Came out on Halloween or oh, okay. Easter. I'm getting my holidays confused. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much all I've been doing, really. I mean, we've just played a couple of games just before we've been recording. Didn't manage to convince the family to play any board games over Christmas. Oh, but I got Dixit for my birthday, which I completely forgot to write. In the notes. Good job. The box is sitting, sitting right in, in front, front of, of me. Us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my parents got me Dixit for my uh, birthday, and I got Fairy Tale Gloom for Christmas from uh, Chris, my other half. Okay. So I've obviously looked at the computer games when I wrote this list and completely forgotten about the board games. That's okay. The tabletop stuff, but yeah, I got Dixit as well, and I've had Fairy Tale Gloom as gifts. I didn't get much of anything. <laughs> but I didn't have a birthday right after Christmas, like some people. But even well, so, it's not necessarily no, a blessing no. all the but time. My, my Christmas was mainly clothes and things like that. But uh, Yeah. I um I took the opportunity to go back and, and play a couple of games. So I I um I've carried on with The Witcher Three a bit, mm-hmm. um, in the, the DLC of that. Yeah. Um but I also thought, hang on, I haven't played Dragon Age Inquisition for a good few months. So I'll go back and uh, do that. And uh, so my Christmas was spent uh, extremely productively playing Inquisition and I finished it and finished the two DLCs as well. Did you have to like do that thing where you go back and you have to relearn 
the some mechanics. of the keys. Well, not so much the yeah. mechanics, but the keys definitely. Yeah. Because I was running around thinking this is this is odd, and pressing the button to call my horse that I would use in Witcher Three when it's yeah. not the same button. Yeah. So uh, I did that, but, uh, but yeah, I got got to the end of that, and uh, I always seem to I, like my core group was always Varric, Cassandra, and Dorian. But so mage, yeah. mage, warrior, rogue. See, and I was a mage as well. I was a mage, and then I would usually have Cassandra, Bull, usually Dorian, but depending on who I thought we were going to be fighting, maybe one of the other two, Solus or the rich posh lady. Oh, uh, I know who you mean. I can't remember her yeah, name because I, I never used her for anything. She's apparently she's apparently supposed to be very good for fighting dragons because she's that sort of mage that something I can't remember. Oh, okay. But I never actually fight the dragons because I don't want to kill the dragons. And I'm like, which is why I got annoyed with uh, the Jaws of Hakon DLC because part of it is like you must go and kill the dragon. I'm you, like, you get so much loot though. Yeah, I know, but I'm like, I don't want to kill the dragon. They're not real dragons, right? Really. Yeah, I know, but. I don't want to kill the dragon. Also, because every time I try, like, just get w- completely wiped out, even if I'm completely overpowered. But Varric irritates me. Is like, it, is it all the chest hair? Well, the chest hair is kind of creepy. <laughs> I will use I will use Varric if I definitely need someone who is also long range, but I don't need double mages. So if I'm a mage and I don't so need another mage, to open a lot of locks. Yeah, that. Oh, that's. Um, I started using coal for that. Okay. Because his, like, idle chatter was less irritating. And I always put Cassandra and Bull together because their idle chatter to each other is hilarious. Okay. Because um, they built up some, like, weird sexual tension joking sort of thing. Um, so, yeah. It was it was hilarious. I, I love putting those two together and just standing around listening to them talk. I might have to have a, have a play yeah. But yeah, I, I, never fin- I didn't finish the DLCs. I got into Jaws of Hakuna and I got distracted because I didn't want to kill the dragon. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, that's what we've been playing then. So shall we move over to our, our Kickstarters then? So yeah. We'll be back in a second with that. So Kickstarters, we've uh, we had quite a few arrive, but let's talk about what we've backed because we haven't really backed that much. I certainly have in the last month only backed three things, which is I've only <laughs> less backed, than one a week. I've only backed one, um, but it's one that I mentioned in episode four that I was thinking about backing. So it was Draconis Invasion, which if you remember I said was ending not long after episode four was going to be aired. Um, and then I did eventually think well it's in canadian dollars it's it's whatever it was x canadian dollars and that works out at like i don't know 25 quid or something and it's a like it's a proper like big box i think game Mm. with lots of stuff to do and the art looks really fun and so i'm looking forward to that that's the only one i've backed i have avoided it purposefully i've avoided kickstarter because Money after Christmas. Yeah. And it's not just my birthday that's right after Christmas. Because we've got, I think I said this last time, we've got two grandparents, my mum, Chris's 
brother, my birthday, and then Christmas. So I've I've strategically avoided Kickstarter. Hmm. So come February, I think I'll probably start uh, looking again. I think I'm going to limit myself to maybe one or two a month going forward. Yeah, I think, I think I'm going to have sensible. to. I think I've got my initial. Oh my god, stuff! <laughs> yeah, I've got that out of the way. And uh, now looking at the amount of storage space I'm starting to, to need, I'll, I think I might have to just calm down a bit. Yeah, I think um, my living room is becoming uh, slightly overfilled with boxes. You get to the point now where mechanics are starting to get reused, so you'll look at a game and you'll think, is that sufficiently different to one I've already got? Yeah. To ro- warrant me backing it or buying it, so... I suppose that's what you get to when you get a big collection. Yeah. So... A year ago, when neither of us had any games... Everything was new. Yeah. Whereas now, there's lots of... I don't know whether it's like... Because I, I still want to go back and buy, like, big-name games that have been around for years and years and years, like Dixit, for example, was on my Christmas list, because it's so popular and so well-known that I thought, well, you know, I'll give it a go. And some stuff I still want to get that's... um been out for a while and then i'll look at the kickstarters and i think kickstarters sometimes win because they're good value for money Mm -hmm. because obviously you're taking a risk and they know that so they'll give you like a full game at like half the eventual retail price yeah so i think draconis invasion will probably go for i don't know like 30 or 40 pounds when it eventually goes to retail whereas I've got it for like 20 quid or something. Um, but yeah. You say it's a risk though. I mean, I've had relatively, well, I don't, there's only one project I can think of off the top of my head that I've had an issue with, and that's the emoji cards one, where they said they've shipped it, but I still haven't received it yet. The uh, Some playing cards I ordered a while back, which was the Fuego, Day yeah. of the Dead ones, they finally arrived last week. Um, yeah. And that they said they shipped at the end of October. So I guess if they've come from China, they could. Take, take a while. A, a real one. So these these emoji cards. I mean, there's a few comments from people saying that you know they never got them. And mind you, there hasn't been any comments since the end of November, and that was someone in America who said they finally got their copy. So you never know; they might turn up at some point. But I haven't heard anything yet. So no, you have to send them a message or something. Yeah, because I'm look, quite looking forward to playing that. Well, I mean, it's not necessarily risk in terms of like traditional risk because <laughs> Kickstarter does offer you a lot more like uh, safety well no I mean compared, but if, compared to like Indiegogo but if something isn't done or doesn't turn up then there's nothing you can do about it you are you know there's no protection in that sense and there mm-hmm. is a there, there was an article that Kickstarter put out over Christmas which was a study that someone had done into the uh, number of projects that actually fail to deliver what they yeah. said they were going to deliver so so there is always that risk, but I mean, most of the projects we've backed, I think, have been pretty. Yeah, pretty I mean, good. I've only had the the great guards against insanity, Amazon. And that wasn't their fault. Saga, really. Which then I've got another. I've got another game that uh, is somewhere in America. Uh, that's they're having the exact same Amazon dot com. Oh, okay. Wibble, um, but I mean, I don't know. It's more. I don't know. I don't know. Your philanthropy is rewarded for going and doing the Kickstarter thing. Um, so whereas if you went and you waited and you went to a game shop and you 
dropped 40 quid, you can take that game home immediately. Yeah. Um, or you could shove I don't know, 30 quid, including PMP, to someone on the opposite side of the world, and then it will take six months. So in that sense, I suppose it's a bit more of a, a long-term game. Yeah. As opposed to instant gratification, which is occasionally really frustrating because it's like, hey, that game looks awesome. Yeah. Oh my god, hurry up! Right, let's let's go through what I back then. So three games, so two smaller ones and one a bit more involved. So the first of the smaller games is uh, Pick the Lock, which yep. looks relatively simple, and you know it's all about uh, you're a thief, and there's a vault with treasure in. And uh, there's combinations that have to be uh, invented by players picking cards, like a combination 712 or 869 or something like that. And then you have to try and guess one of the numbers in there. And then if you guess it right, you get a piece of treasure. Yeah. Um, and you can set a number to say that what the range of the combination can be. So if you put the, num- the number 5 down, there can only be the numbers 1, 2, 3, 4 and 5 in the combination. So you've got more of yeah. a chance of, of getting it. So that... It, it looks like a fairly simple game, but enjoyable. And the other one was uh, GG, which was a fairly recent uh, Kickstarter. Uh, I think that was last week. Which is, um, it's rock, paper, scissors, but a bit more involved. Yeah. I can't really think of the best way to describe it, because the video does describe the game, but I think it's one of those ones where you've really got to play it before you can fully grasp the, the ins and outs of the strategy. Yeah. But you've got rock, paper, scissors, and there's three grades of each one. So the higher grade is always going to win. If two scissors come out, then the number three scissor will beat the number one scissor. Yeah. But you've also got walls which can block things, and you've got what, bombs was the other bombs. And, and the GG cards. And card. the GG cards, which... Which is the, the win condition, oh, basically. Okay. Yeah. So if your GG card is pulled out as being challenged by your opponent, then you lose because... Presumably, you can't win or, without a GG. Yeah, presumably you you've got to keep your GG card safe yeah. and secret. Don't take it to Isengard. No. No. Speaking of secrets, the last game I backed was one which absolutely smashed through its Kickstarter goal, and that was Secret Hitler, which looks like a really really fun social deduction type game. I watched like a one-hour playthrough video of it on YouTube and uh, it looks really, really good. So the basic premise is you have 10 players or whatever around the table and then you have a certain number of fascists and, and then a Hitler and then everyone liberal. else is a liberal. Yeah. And the fascists all know who each other are because they all open their eyes at the beginning of the game. Yeah. And then the Hitler will give him a thumbs up mm-hmm. so that the fascists know who Hitler is, but Hitler doesn't know who any of the fascists are. Right. And then you, they take, you take it in turns uh, getting a president and a chancellor and then you have to try and pass fascist laws or liberal uh, liberal laws and then uh, people have to try and figure out who the fascists are and if the fascists get a certain number of laws enacted, they win automatically or if a president votes uh, the Hitler in as the chancellor, the game is over as well. Uh, but if the Liberals get a number of laws in, then the Liberals win. So that's the aim of the game, is yeah. for the Liberals to stop the fascists from winning. Or so. if the Liberals figure out who Hitler is or hit, and yeah, yeah, or yeah. kill him. Or kill him, yeah. It's kind of, it reminds me a bit of um, Werewolf. Yeah. In that you close your eyes 
you look at each other if you're a certain type of person, everybody closes their eyes again and so on. Um, but it looks a bit more involved in that you've got all these policies to pass and this, that and the other, and mm-hmm. vote in your president and your chancellor. Um, and, like, the... Well, from the, the, the video that was on Kickstarter, the, the quality of the pieces looks really good. Yeah. So I think you can play from five people to ten people, I think it said, because obviously you need to have a liberal majority, and I think five is the lowest number you can get to mm. have one majority over the other and still have Hitler being vaguely secret. I suppose it's, if you managed to figure out which two people were the fascists, if yeah. you only had five people, then uh, finding secret Hitler might be a bit easier, but it did look quite fun. Mm-hmm. So what's arrived then? So Ray had Salem arrive just before the last show was recorded. Yeah. Uh, on the day that the last show was recorded, actually. Yes. And a few days later, my copy arrived. So and we still haven't played, we still it. played it because we haven't, <laughs> enough, we haven't had enough people together to play it. Yeah. We might have to bring it to. Uh, so we're going to a gaming night. Uh, hopefully, um, next week or the week after, depending on how well you are, I guess. Well, yeah. So we'd, we'll have to take it take it along to that. Um, so next up, I had uh, Dale of Merchants arrive, which was uh, which is a fun little deck building game, which I actually really really like. Um, I've only managed to play it the ones when we played it. Yeah. And we didn't even manage to do a full game because we were on our lunch break and we had to go back to work. Yeah. But the plot of that is you are merchants, uh, animal merchants in a in an animal marketplace, the Dale of Merchants. Mm-hmm. And you have to build a deck and the aim of the game is to get eight piles in front of you and each pile starts off with a pile that adds up to one. So you can just put a number one card down and then the second pile has to add up to two and then three, four, five, all the way up to eight. And uh, you have to build your deck so you can um, spend your cards to buy cards from the marketplace, uh, or you can, uh, some of the cards have got effects on them that let you do things. It's just a, it's just a, a, a good, solid deck-building game. And I was watching, uh, I saw a review of it by uh, Tom Vassell on, on the yeah. Dice Tower, and he loved it. He thought it was a, a really good game. So it's kind of It kind of reminds me of, like, um, kind of a bit, Trotter's independent trading. Yeah. But with cute little animals. Because you're, you're buying stuff from a market to put on a market stall. Yeah. Um, so it's a bit like going down going down the wholesalers and then mm. selling it off for a profit. Well, you don't really sell it off, but you the, the, the eight stacks are your stall. Yeah. Um, so you've got a... Yeah, it reminds me of that a little bit. Wizards of the Wild was yeah. another one I had. I think the plot of the game is something like if all the human wizards and witches of the world died, then all the animals would inherit their special powers. Yeah. Uh, so we had a we had a play of that, and uh, you each get to choose a, a special, well, a, a wizard, yeah, or an animal wizard, and you uh, just basically use um, it, it's not mana. What do they call it in the the game? Um, you have tomes, and you have I don't know, foodage, and you have gems whatever. and things. Yeah. And you can spend them to attack the other players and yeah. do damage to them and uh, and stuff like that. And that's quite a nice. I I I think I bought that more based on the the art style than anything else. Yeah. Because it is a really really nice looking game, but it played well. We played. Did we play a three player game of that? I think we did, yes, didn't we? we did, with yeah. Gareth, so um, that was enjoyable. Um, well worth checking out. The next one, Relative Paradox. Now that's only a small little card game. Uh, it's effectively just a deck of cards with lots of historical events and historical figures on. 
and uh, there's lots of sets of three cards in the game. So you've got like Beethoven and Beethoven's Fifth Symphony and the concert house where he played in. Yeah. That's a, that's a set of three. So the idea of the game is you get three piles of cards on the table. Uh, around those cards, you put uh, you pick cards at random from the piles and put them face up, eight in total. And then you take it in turns, picking one from that pile and also playing a pair, a matching pair. And when you pick a card up from the table, you have to replace it with one from the stacks. But there's also paradox cards. So when a paradox card goes out... It lets you pair up cards that you couldn't normally pair up, but it also yeah. blocks that space off for the rest of the game. And then once all the eight paradoxes are out and no other cards can be drawn, then everyone counts up how many points they've got mm, at the end of yeah. the game. Quite a, a nice, simple little game. And the cards look cool because the, most of the historical um, artwork is really good. But the only problem I, I have with this game, and I think you have the same issue, is the, the matching symbols in the corners of the cards. Yeah. Some of them are too similar or they're too small, so it does make it difficult for you to, at a glance, more easily determine what pairs you've got. Yeah, because we played available. it on, on lunch and I left my glasses on my desk. <laughs> and so I was peering at some of them, trying to figure out whether... Because some of them are like, there's a figure in it, it's kind of greyish. But and then facing this way. But, the, but then when you look at it closer, that one's facing right and that one's sort of... Sp- slumped over a bit so they're not the same and um i had to strain my eyes quite a lot to uh they're 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 absolutely tiny they're like about a 5p size circle maybe smaller with a really detailed picture in it so it's it's just um they're a bit smaller and some of them are really similar yeah yeah. Not a bad game, but I think the, the art could have just done me a little bit more, yeah. more work. But it's fun. I played that on New Year's Eve um, when because my mum's friend has like a family get-together thing. So yeah. we played that. And uh, it, it went down well, but everyone had the same problem, problem yeah. with it. You need like a magnifying glass. <laughs> yeah. I got my... I think I mentioned that I was waiting on these last time. Um, my games from the Buttonshy Wallet Games Kickstarter, um, which I went for the uh, slightly more expensive option to get all of the games as opposed to just the three new ones that they were they were doing. Um, so in total, I got uh, Pretense, Cunning Folk, Fever Chill, Movie Plots, Smoke and Mirrors, Wildcats and North South East Quest, and I haven't actually had a chance to play any of them yet. But Pretense, I think, would be a good one just to shove in your bag if you're going along to a games night because it's like a meta games night game. Oh yeah. So you you deal out your little roll cards at the beginning of your games night, and then if you can end up by the end of your games night with the most of other people's roll cards, like if you can nick other people's roll cards to get points, um, then you'll win the pretense game. And like you have like little characters on the roll cards and they'll have special things. So like if you can trick someone into commenting on how many times you've rolled the dice off of the table, then you can have their card. Right. Or if you're the only person who tidies up after a game, then you get to nick somebody else's thing. 
uh, roll card. Um, and I think there's there's one in there that's just stealth. And it's like, if anyone tries to steal yours, then uh, you can pick somebody else's and okay. stuff like that. Um, movie plots, it's kind of like a... Uh, you, you're just trying to make a, a movie plot and sell it, I think. Okay. Um, it's kind of similar to... Oh, that, By the Rights was the one I liked. Yeah, it's kind of like a much simpler, much quicker version of that because they are they are literally in like little plastic wallets. So, mm-hmm. you know, like that you put your bus travel pass in. Yeah. They're that size. Uh, they are tiny, um, but they're all very, they're all very good quality and stuff. Um, it just took them a little bit longer to get to me than I expected. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they arrived. Um, what also arrived was Catube Famous. Yay. Finally. Well, not finally, because that's actually been quite quick. Cause that, that was, was only quick, yeah. that was only the end of August, I think. Because I know it was definitely in one of it was either in our first episode or our second episode that we yeah. were talking about it. And it's come all the way from well, it's come from China, I think. Um, but the the guys who made it are based in Australia, um, and we've had a quick play of that, and basically. Catch you famous, you have cat videos which look on the art style look remarkably like a certain website that is very famous for lots of videos that ends in tube. Your tube. Yeah, that one. Um and you have uh oh what are they the trend trends cards. yeah. They've got little hashtags on the back and you have to play your cards, like play your videos according to what is the what are the current trends and then top up your subscribers and then the person with the most subscribers that round. There's also a trend you can't see. Yeah, there's a trend you can't see. And you do have on each card there's, so on each video card there will be four comments which were written by backers. Yeah. Um, Two of them will be like plus one point, one of them will be times two, one of them will be minus one. Um. So you, you run the risk of the blind the blind trend being your minus one. But we didn't get any of we didn't have that situation. I, I don't think. think we did, no. Um no, it's just it's just quite fun. It's a quick game. fun, yeah. Fifteen yeah. minutes we were done. Yeah. I'd uh, I'd have played it again. Yeah. It's good fun. Um and I think you can I think you probably get a fair few people playing it. Especially if you can combine two decks. Yeah. Even though you'd have duplicate videos, there'd be so many cards, I don't think it would matter. No, I don't think it would. Um, but yeah, that, that came as well, and Matt also has a copy. For those of you who can't remember, that he backed it as well. I did. And that is everything I've had. So I had... Time. Yeah, I had one more, so that was Hocus, which we've also just had a quick play of. And it's effectively like magical poker. Yeah. <laughs> the only way I can think of to describe it, really. Uh, there's a deck with four suits in. Uh, you've got basic spells that you can do, and but there's also uh, more advanced spells, which we didn't play with because this was, it was just our first time playing the game. But you can choose from different schools of magic. But essentially, uh, over the course of the game, you build a, a community pool, in the uh, two community pools in the centre of the table with uh, the shared cards that everyone can make. Uh, hands with uh, there's also a pot you can put things in the pot next to it which is so that's how many points you win if you win uh, 
a hand using that community. And then you can put pockets in front of you, which are cards that you will use when you make your hand. And then it's like it's like Texas Hold'em. You will use a combination of the cards in your pocket and one of the communities to make a poker hand. And then whoever has the, the best hand yeah. wins the points for that, for that community. There's probably some version of poker that we don't know the proper name of that plays exactly like this. Maybe, yeah. Because uh, there's so many versions of poker. Um, the pot is blind, so you don't yeah. know how many points are in there. You just know that there are either points or no points, depending on if anyone's put cards or not in. Um, and that was that required a lot of thinking. Yeah, because <laughs> you've got to remember what you've put in your pockets. You've got to compare that with what's in the community, and you might want to put more money yeah, in the pot if you think you've got more of a chance of winning it as well. Originally, I started out and I had a strategy to maybe try and make a flush. But then I didn't have enough cards, yeah, that, and I then I accidentally put one of the cards that I would have needed into a different pot or a different community, and then I ended up with both my pockets. I could only play them against one of the communities. Okay. So with the the other community, I just had to like throw away the pocket, basically. Because I messed it up at the end, but I still managed to get a full house. Yeah, yeah, you still beat me. Yay! So, we only played one round. We did only play one round, but you still beat me. So, full house is always the one that I always try and go for in poker when I was younger. Anyway. Okay. I mean, I think the problem we ha- the problem we've only playing it with two players is there are only just enough cards to form the communities and the pockets. I think if you had if we had just an extra person with an extra ten cards in play, yeah, it would help the game yeah. a lot. So that's uh, that's a. Uh, monthly kickstarter review of what we've backed and what we've had so uh, next up we'll go on to our topic of the month so our topic of the month this month is our 2015 review yeah because it's over but it was a good year as far as gaming goes yep we got into it that's the first thing so that's good Um, so what we thought we'd do is we'd have a little chat about what we got up to last year. Uh, some of it may be going over ground that we've already discussed in, in some of our episodes, but we, we thought we'd just do it all in one lump anyway. And we'll also give some of our favourites of the things that we've bought and what we've played and what we've backed. So um, let's talk about, first off, UK Games Expo. Yeah. Because that was the first big thing that we really did after we'd we'd started getting involved yeah. in, in, in gaming. So... I mean, I I thought that was that was great. The problem is, I think we only did the one day. I think if we'd done two days, then we would have had more of a chance to play games as well. Yeah. So effectively, all we did was manage to to walk around all the stores and and buy look at stuff stuff we wanted to get and buy buy play a few things. One, two. Well, I think well, we played. We played eaten by zombies. Yeah, that was demo. We played with Andy Looney. Oh yes, we played Flux with Andy Looney as well. Um, we played the top a top secret Flux version that we're probably not allowed to talk about. Still. Yeah. Um. I don't think we actually tried out anything else. No. There's just so much to do. There was. You did your um, treasure hunt thing, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Whatever that was. Yeah. <laughs> Finding I think all of the posters. You had to find all the pictures and there was a letter in each one and then you had to make a word and then you handed in your entry and then obviously I did not win anything. Because I never heard about it ever again. No. Nope. But that was also kind of fun. Treasure hunts are 
um, quite fun. They are. Always Be Rolling was uh, was good as well. That was the comedy show, oh, yeah. which was fun. It was uh, a guy's one-man comedy show about board games. Quite similar to um, the type of thing that Dave Gorman would do, if you're familiar with, with him. Um, and I think the, the guy's um, quite good friends with him as well, from what yeah. I remember someone said okay. they, were, they were pals. James Cook, his name was, uh, or it still is, presumably. Yeah. Um, so that was good. And uh, the only problem with, with that is they had to cut it short because... Um, they only gave him an hour slot. I think he was a few minutes late starting. Mm. And then he has these these cards dotted around that are on people's seats, which were, I think you'll find. Yeah. And then he used them in his early shows that so that whenever someone found a factual inaccur- inaccuracy in something he was saying, they would hold this up and he would use their information to, to fix the show if it was correct. Problem is, being, being the last show, I don't think it was necessary for him to do that. And the problem is because he was, he was doing his show in front of a you know, a crowd of avid board gamers and geeks. Yeah. Even the slightest inaccuracy or something that wasn't really inaccuracy, but someone didn't quite understand what he'd said and they thought they would correct him. Mm. Um, they just jumped on every opportunity, which probably added a good 10, 15 minutes to yeah. the show, which, which didn't need. So we had to cut that out early. But even so, what we what we saw was, was good fun. Yeah. There was a dark room, which we didn't get tickets for. Um, yeah. Interactive game. Which we'll, we'll have to um, yeah pre-order book in this advance year. Yeah. if there's anything like that. This there is. Year. is the dark room's going to be there again, I think. Awesome. So. And we bought some games. We spent money. Yeah, we, we ate food. We ate some lovely food from the uh, the street um, vendors outside. Yep. Uh, Piggy, what was the name of the company that started the burgers? Uh, Meat Shack. Meat Shack. Okay. And the name of the burger that I had was called Piggy Ray. Okay. I think that's just you, isn't it? Wasn't no. she writing everyone's name down oh, on yeah. the things? Oh, it was like, um, it, I think the burger was called the Piggy something or other, and then she yeah. spelt my name wrong, Yeah, which is why I've mistaken it Yeah, for for uh, the name of the burger. Piggy Matt and Piggy Ray. And then we had these waffles, and I had the Banoffee one, I think mine was, wasn't it? Yeah, and I can't remember. I mean, looking at the photo, we're just looking at the photo of it now. It, was, it looks blooming marvellous, whatever it was. I think it was something like like a millionaire's... Oh, millionaire shortbread. Yeah, one. version yeah, I of think it was. But with waffle. Yeah, waffles, mm. and that was the Bourneville Waffle Company. Who yeah, I have seen a number of times since. And I've been like, mm, waffles. So I thought I thought the event was actually really really well laid out. I mean, considering they're in a hotel and the, you know, I mean the conference rooms in the hotels are generally for like business conferences. Yeah. And things like that. So they'd obviously accosted four or five of those. Yeah, uh, across the course of the hotel, but it was all fel- relatively well laid out, and the, there was a nice map telling you where everything was. Yeah, and... it was a little bit bizarre that obviously there were people who were there who were in the hotel yeah, as guests. They were probably going. And what? then there was a swimming pool inside, like smack bang in the middle of yeah. everything. And there's all these people going in to have a quick swim, and then all around. And then there was like there's there was a glass wall around the swimming pool, so there's people swimming and then all around the side of this glass wall on the outside people on tables on the floor playing games yeah and it was just a bit incongruous and bizarre i think the only the only thing that i found that was negative was that um a couple of the rooms the air well the circulation of air was non-existent but they're they're not in the hotel this year uh well they're sort of half and half so the 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 meat of the convention the, the vendors and the games uh, creators and things and yeah. everything are all in the NEC now 
Yeah. That'll be in a proper hall, so that'll be nicer. But I think the tournaments and things are going to be held in the uh, in the hotel. Yeah. Well, that'll be better, because I think last year there was a tournament that was in basically a marquee. Marquee outside, yeah. And I think well, we, they might still have that, well, I don't we, know. I think we walked past the, the entrance to the marquee and, and you could just feel, like, the sweaty air. <laughs> yeah. Because, obviously, marquees also notoriously bad for uh, yeah. air circulation and uh, getting quite stuffy and humid. But, yeah, I enjoyed it quite a lot. So then a few weeks after that, we... Uh... And you told me about this. We went to our first afternoon play. Yeah, which is the name of a group who... Play games. In... Birmingham. Birmingham. In the city centre. Yeah. Was at the Urban Coffee Company. Uh, they've moved now. And um, they were for a couple of months in the Cosy Club. But they're, they're looking again, aren't they? Yeah, because of how many people turned up. Really? Was it that... Wow. I think... I think it was like 70 people I didn't know that up. was the reason. I thought it was just because they'd been kicked out. Oh, I... I don't know. Huh. I know that they've they've booked one in for the beginning. Is it the beginning of February? Yeah, which I can't go to. Well, I can, but I'll have to go late because I'm going to a concert on that afternoon uh, at Symphony Hall, a family fav- favorites movie music concert. Oh, I think I saw that one. Um, yeah, I think it was on their Facebook that it was originally going to be in the Coast Club, and then they removed the venue and said oh we're looking for somewhere looking else, for somewhere else yeah. and they have i think they mentioned in the same post oh 70 people turned up for the yeah. january one and i was like holy crap sticks yeah because i mean yeah. everyone we've gone to has maybe had 20 or 30 people yeah there. but then i'm realizing that when we went and it was an urban coffee club oh, they, next they, door they, they well. had split venues because yeah. they were next door as well and uh i can't remember what the one next door to it is so in theory, it could be twice the size of yeah. what we've seen. Um, but I did think Urban Coffee Company was pretty tiny. Yeah. Because it's only the upstairs. That it they, was nice, they but it was it's small. Yeah. And they have very nice brownies. Oh, yes. Yeah. Slightly expensive, but independent coffee shops, I suppose, are mm-hmm. a bit more. Um, as someone who doesn't drink tea or coffee, I very rarely see yeah. the point to go into them. So I, I wouldn't know what the base reference for coffee club coffee club coffee shop prices is yeah uh, we've been to a couple of afternoon players since then yeah and we've we've hosted our own with quite good success i think yeah the ones we've done with our work colleagues have been pretty good we're going to uh as i say another one uh soon because uh the Bromsgrove board gamers have been kicked out of their venue temporarily while it's being renovated. Mm. So they're relocating to the university campus. And as we work at the university, and one of the yeah. people who goes to that club also works at the university is Aaron, we've talked about before. Um, he has said, you want to pop along? So yeah, good opportunity for us to uh, meet some new people and play some of our games properly instead of just the two of us yeah. playing it. I think if it's if it's on campus... People might be more inclined to come along. Yeah, we might be able to drag a few people. Stuff. Yeah. Um, not sure how we're going to do food and. Stuff yeah, can like you take that. food into the learning centre? I don't think you should. I'm sure somebody knows a back door somewhere. Or yeah. Other. There is a back entrance. Well, Aaron actually. does because he's probably going in. He used to go in and out all the time to change the paper in the yeah, printer. Yeah, I discovered. So. I discovered the back entrance that leads out to the car park. Okay. This last week. Uh, the car park behind psychology, biosciences. 
Yeah. That one that's not really paved. Sorry, everyone who doesn't go to the University of Birmingham. You've got no idea what you're talking about. Never mind. Talking about car parks. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, But I suppose we didn't really do this. Well, well, we mentioned the escape game room, which we were going to do with our, like, ad hoc gaming group. But then uh, organising people is hard. So I did it for my birthday instead. Yeah, and we got some of them to turn up. Yeah. And we beat the game with five minutes. Yeah. Five and a half we would have beat the game a lot easier earlier if someone hadn't put her coat on one of the keys. Um, one if of the... someone hadn't taken the bloody torch off of me at the beginning of the game. <laughs> Who was that? I can't remember. It was, I think it was Gareth. Gareth took the torch off of me. And then I moved my coat because it was right in front of one of the puzzles. So I didn't want people tripping over it and yeah. like treading on stuff. Because I just bought two new books and I didn't want people like messing up my stuff. So I went over and I looked on the floor in that tiny corner, but it was dark and it was a black domino. Um, and so it happened to go under my coat. Yeah. Um, but that was, we played the triads game at Key Hunter yeah. in Birmingham. I think Key Hunter have another place somewhere else. Do they? Remember. Okay. Maybe. Well, no, it might have been one of the other ones. It doesn't look like much from the outside, but once no, you get in it there... it looks a bit sketchy from the outside. Because <laughs> um, obviously they... Liam wasn't impressed, was he? Oh, no. But where are you taking us? No, because they, they board up the windows so that you play the game in the dark, because that's kind of the point. Yeah. Um, but then, so from the outside, that looks a bit iffy. Yeah. And it's kind of on the border-ish of a slightly iffy part of town as well. And it, it did just look like an old house that someone's just randomly decided to make a business out of. Although we can't talk about the triads specifically. No, we can't give anything away in case anyone wants um, to go and... Uh... The Key Hunter is on Sherlock Street in Birmingham City Centre and their website is keyhunter.co.uk. And then if you want to if you want to know more about what an escape game is, if you go onto YouTube, if you go on the Geek and Sundry YouTube channel, um Felicia Day played one that was specially designed just for her little um video blog called The Flog. Right. So if you go and look at the most recent series of The Flog, there's one where she goes and plays a escape game. Um, and it's basically that sort of thing, except in the one she played, there were actors in the room with them. Our one was just a basic puzzle. Yeah. But it was still, it was great fun and we won. We won. We did. So we don't win anything. We've got a nice photo of us all holding the sign that says we're winners. Yeah, I haven't seen Actually, it's probably on my phone. It's it's on your phone. Yeah. You haven't posted it anywhere, so we can't (laughs) share it. You've got to post it to their... Facebook their Facebook well. page, yeah, it's probably yeah. a bit late now, isn't it? We still won. We did win. Doesn't matter how long ago we won. Yeah, yay for us. There we are. Yay. So anyone can't see this, so we'll no. put, we might put it on our on our blog on the offline gamer gamer site, maybe. Yeah. Or I'll Instagram it actually, so it'll be on our Instagram. Yeah. So, so um, that's uh, all the events and things we've done. So let's talk about our top games and things that we yeah. we've got this year. So let's start with our. Um, PC, we'll start with the plugged in section, PC games. Yep. So I'm going to go with the Witcher, Witcher 3 as my favourite 
PC game of the year, unsurprisingly. As I said before, although I, some parts of it I didn't find emotionally... Um, engaging? Yeah, that'll do. Emotionally engaging. Like, I, I, I can't really say anything without spoiling it for anyone who hasn't played it, so... But um, overall, I, I I thought the game was great. You know, great graphics, great story, uh, control scheme, brilliant, very responsive. Loads of replayability, um, loads of side missions and quests. It's just hours and hours and hours of, of fun. Yeah, and really, really loved it. So I'd um, definitely put that as my game of the year. My game of the year. I originally put Dragon Age Inquisition until mm-hmm. Matt reminded me that that technically came out in two thousand fourteen. But I bought it in 2015. Um, I'll it if you want it. Well, in the notes you did say the favourite game we've bought. Mm-hmm. So I bought it in 2015. Is that why you've made, made the word it bought italics? italics? Yes. Ah, okay. <laughs> just, to, just to be pedantic. Yeah. Um, I, I studied languages, I have to be pedantic and okay. that sort of stuff. So in terms of that, I would say that was my favourite. But if you want something that came out in 2015, I don't know. Because I have The Witcher 3, but my other half played it and he really enjoyed it. Um, I got Fallout 4, but as I said, I've only played it like the last few days of 2015 and I have not played very much of it. Um, I think most people's top game is going to be a toss-up between Witcher 3 and, and Fallout 4. Yeah, I mean, for something that I've actually played, Binding of Isaac Afterbirth has been a good... DLC, so it's technically not like a game, although it adds enough extra stuff to Binding of Isaac Rebirth that it's kind of like a whole brand new game. Um, but otherwise, I don't really know. I can't really remember anything that came out before summer. Yeah. So I can't remember anything that came out before Witcher 3. Nothing that I... That's all right. Yeah, I can't really. Okay. I'm just drawing a blank. I'm sure there were lots of games in 2015 that came out. I can't remember what any of them are, <laughs> which is probably quite bad. Yeah. Whether that's a... I think that's more of an indication of the fact that you haven't played them all. You've probably bought quite a few, but then they've just been sitting on your Steam wish list while you've been playing Dragon Age and... and sorry, your your Steam yeah. library while you've been playing Well, I mean, I... Did Soul Suspect... Murdered Soul Suspect, did that come out this year? Uh, it may have done. I know we saw it at uh, EJETS last year. Oh, sorry, Two, 2014. Well, yeah, 2014. Um, I think it came, out, came out in 2015, and I've bought it, but it's still in the cellophane. But I don't think that would be a game of the year anyway. But otherwise, I think, well, I think I've been fairly reticent in buying games that in 2015 as well, in terms of like computer games yeah. that haven't been proper casual because i have such a bad tendency to not finish things yeah um so i i, I do have shadow of mordor but that was 2014 i still need to play that um and yeah i think it's because i know that i have way too many steam games i know I'm the same. and yeah i haven't even bought all of the new hearthstone expansion uh adventure I think I've bought the first two wings. Oh, okay. I'd buy it. I, if I, when I, the ones I've done, I've just bought them all in one go. Yeah, that's what I did for the first few. But then because I hadn't been playing Hearthstone like, at all, um, 
I bought it with just gold that I'd accrued as opposed okay. to paying for all of it. I might still pay for the last two wings or whatever it is because some of the cards look like they're becoming very meta. So if I did get back into it, then I would want yeah. to have them around. But yeah, I don't really buy many games that came out this year. I mean, Not PC games. No. But moving on to our next bit, which is tabletop games we bought well not necessarily just bought because there's a lot of kickstarter yeah. ones on there but we bought and backed a hell of a lot yeah so there's a lot more choice we've got from here so i'll do you want me to do my first if you want okay we've got a, there's a little bit of crossover on our list actually but so I'll, I'll give you my top three and then i'll tell you which one of the three is my favorite okay so the, the three i've chosen there is uh, vault wars which we've talked about yeah. Before, which is the, the nice storage hunters type game, but set in fantasy world, where you have to uh, buy loot from vaults, and then uh, whoever's got the most points at the end, the most valuable loot, is the winner. Uh, really, really enjoyable game. I've played it a few times now, and um, with people who aren't really into tabletop gaming a couple of times, and they've really got into it. Yeah. So that's one of them. Uh, Dale of Merchants is next, which we talked about earlier, which is the deck building uh, marketplace game where you play a, a animal trader. Uh, again, really enjoyable. I haven't really had much of a chance to play that, but um, the reviews I've seen of it and the, the, the brief game we got to play, I found it a lot more intuitive than a lot of the other deck building games I've played, like Star Realms. Yeah. Uh, I found Dale of Merchants a lot easier to get into. And the, the third one on my list of um, my top three was Clairvoyance, which is a Kickstarter we had arrive a couple of months ago, which is the one where we play psychics in a furniture store, psychically throwing furniture at each other. Yeah. And uh, that's another game I, I played on uh, New Year's Eve, along with Vault Wars and uh, Relative Paradox. And But Clairvoyance, the, the people I was playing with struggled to to get the mechanics of it. Yeah. It's, it's odd because I thought it was quite simple. Mm. relatively simple but they seem to really have problems with it so uh, but i I enjoy it so that's why it's on my list but the the one i'm going to go with as my my 2015 tabletop game of the year that i've bought and played is vault wars cool because i love it and i think it's great so in terms of games that i've just bought so not kickstarter games i would say my favorite has to be gloom yeah even though it's quite old uh well because i got the the first edition just because it's such a different it's just so different to other stuff in terms of kickstarter my three that i've picked are exploding kittens because it's awesome clairvoyance again same as matt and i've added salem in there because even though i haven't actually had a chance to play it the quality of the cards and the art and the packaging and all this stuff it looks like it's a game of the year kind yeah. of quality game but i think I'll, for my kickstarter game of the year i'll say it's got to be exploding yeah game. i had a feeling you'd go yeah. for that because you've got cats in well yeah and the, <laughs> the box meows and it's like the record breakingest mega game on kickstarter ever and whatever so on and so forth i mean i've got a lot of games that i've backed this year that are what wait that i've backed last year that are coming this year, yeah. which might take the title. So then I don't know whether they would count as 2015's Kickstarters or 2016's. I think we'll go by when they arrive. Yeah, that are going to be coming up. Um, 
So there's a lot of good stuff coming up in 2016, from what I can see. Stuff that's still to arrive. Yep. And then some stuff that I know is coming to Kickstarter. Some stuff that's already on Kickstarter, but I haven't backed it yet. Um, and of course, we've got UKG 2016, Bigger and Better. Yeah. And then, yeah, we go from there, I suppose. Mm, we'll see where we end up. Yeah. So that's episode five in the bag. So. Sorry, it's a little bit late, but... Yeah, well, it's been New Year, Chris- Christmas and New Year. And, and someone's illness. Well, yeah, still. <laughs> well, yes. Not as bad as it was, though. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah I yeah, I agree. <laughs> also, the first, the first weekend of January was literally right after yeah. New Year's, and it was our last weekend before going back to work, and I think it was more a case of... Uh, need to stock up on sleep. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, everyone should know how to find us by now, but if you're a new listener, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Our username there is TOGCAST, that's T-O-G-CAST. You can take a look at our new website, that's www.offlinegamer.co.uk. You can drop us an email, offlinegamerpodcast at gmail.com, or on the website there's a contact us form, you can use that. And if you want to subscribe, you can do that via the website uh, on SoundCloud, or you can just search iTunes for the Offline Gamer podcast. Yep. And that's everything we've got. So we'll see you in a few weeks. And uh, happy 2016, everyone. Whoop, whoop. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.